Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you're here. Well, it's already the third week of June. How is your 2022 going so far? I know that the sense of time is an illusion. We perceive the present moment that we experienced a moment ago as a past, and the present moment that we are about to experience as a future. So there's really no past or no future, and there's only the present moment, which is infinite. And I touched on this subject in a bonus episode about a New Year's resolution. How I no longer make a New Year's resolution, but instead I make a new moment's resolution as often as needed throughout the year. I also don't like the word resolution as much because it sounds like you make it once and it's all done and set in stone. In reality, we are constantly changing and evolving, and everything and everyone else is also changing and evolving, right? So instead, what I've been doing is to constantly reevaluate and ask myself do I want to choose this right now? Do I even like this? Does it feel aligned with my current state of being? Does this bring me joy? And so on and so forth. Because if you are not being intentional at each present moment, You will miss out on your life. Then, what's the point, right? So, I invite you to do the same and start listening to your inner voice more often throughout your day. And by doing that, I'm confident that you will learn more about yourself and the ways to be loving toward yourself. In today's episode, I am excited to share the wonderful conversation I had with Polly Warren. Polly is a health and life coach focusing on helping women who are going through perimenopause. While going through her own perimenopause journey by herself, she realized that many women simply don't have the proper support and knowledge and wellness tools they need in order to thrive. In what can often be a transformational time in their life. In this episode, Polly shares all the lifestyle changes she has made in her journey. And it ties into what I was mentioning earlier. Just because something worked for you last year, it doesn't mean it works for you right now. Just because one type of exercise worked for you when you were 25, it doesn't mean it's effective when you're 85, right? You have to reevaluate from time to time or from moment to moment if it's really serving you or not. We also dive into how meditation held a key to her physical, mental, and emotional health, and how she is now helping other women to thrive during this transition phase of their life. I am so happy to share this conversation with you because I know this information is helpful and Much needed. So, without further ado, please welcome beautiful Polly Warren. Hi, Polly. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? 
Oh, I'm very well. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely to um, just chat with you a little bit before this anyway as well. <laughs> yes. So you are a health and life coach specializing in perimenopausal health. And you also have three kids and you started a podcast recently as well. Can you just share how you became a health and life coach specializing in perimenopause? And also, if you could mention how meditation came into your life and how that impacted your life, that would be great. Of course. So, I, for many years, used to be a school teacher. So, I used to teach primary age kids. So, they got up to about 11 here in the UK. And it was really when the pandemic hit, I wasn't actually a school teacher anymore. I actually had bought into a, a tuition franchise where I was helping children after school with English and maths. And when the pandemic hit, we were hit quite badly because it was all very much in person what I did.、Uh, all our resources were very much pen and paper. I tried to translate it to an online business, but it really didn't work. But at the same time, I have always had a real interest in health and wellness. I've always, always been giving my tips and tricks to friends about how to eat healthy, moving their bodies. I've always moved my body. And I wanted somehow to try and use that in life, in, in a business.、Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic hit, I had this real kind of aha moment of, do you know what? I've Think I've worked with children all my life. I've got three of my own children, they're growing up now. I feel like I need a change. I feel like I'd really love to work with adults. So I did a real pivot and I decided to become a health and life coach. But alongside that, I was also, so that was, that was a few years ago now. But at the same time, I was really experiencing. The whole of perimenopause.、Mm-hmm. I, from my early, I'm 48 now, and in my early 40s, I started noticing some real changes from, I think it really started with things like waking up in the middle of the night drenched in sweat, which I had no idea what was causing it. I was incredibly tired the whole time. I was experiencing anxiety really for the first time ever. I'd never been an anxious person. And suddenly I was worrying about everything. I was irritable a lot of the time. I was crying all the time.、Mm. I really wasn't in control of my moods. I, I could be really, really happy one minute and then crying the next. And so bad that actually my husband even mentions now, now that we can talk about it, because at the time he wouldn't have dared. He, <laughs> he would come through the door in the evening and he would be thinking, oh my goodness, I have no idea what version of Polly I'm going to find.、Mm. Because I just was all over the place. And that was all because my hormones were changing, but I had no idea of what was happening. And I'd never even heard of the word perimenopause. I didn't know what it was. I thought Me menopause.、Neither. This is、yeah. actually my, I have to admit, this is the first time I heard the term. Mm hmm. Well, because me- menopause I had heard of, and menopause、mm-hmm. I had always thought of as something which women so much older than I, than me, would, you know, it was something which would happen then. I had associated it with sort of women with grey hair in the future, not、mm-hmm. someone who was me with smaller children. 
I just didn't even think menopause was on the horizon. So when I was experiencing all these different symptoms, I just put it down to the fact that I was really, really busy. I mean, at the time I was, when it all really started, I had three small children. I was working as a school teacher, so I was having really, really long days, but also coming home, looking after my own children. And my husband worked away an awful lot. So Mm -hmm. life was really busy, really stressful. So I just soldiered on, not really thinking much about it, not really allowing myself to think about it. And at the time, the only self-care I probably was having and I was doing for myself was exercise. So exercise for me has always been a non-negotiable, but I was probably doing the wrong sort of exercise. I was doing lots and lots of running whenever I could, which in hindsight, I've now realized sometimes can actually stress your body even more when you're in a stressed state. And at the time, another symptom actually was my joints were incredibly sore and stiff and painful. So I was probably aggravating all of those symptoms. And by over-exercising and over-running, sometimes you can produce more cortisol and it's not the release that you are hoping that it's going to be. Right. Yet it was actually, for me, it was more of a mindset thing. I was like, I just needed to get out the house and have some time to myself. Mm-hmm. So put all of that together in the mix. When I was looking for a new direction uh, in the, during the pandemic and I really wanted to use all my sort of thirst for health and wellness, I decided that I, because I was so enraged that I didn't know enough about perimenopause, I didn't know about it and why someone who'd been to university didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was horrendous. I decided that that would be the direction I would go in and I really wanted to help other women to learn about this phase of life and help them find the tools which are right for them to help manage it because I worked out for myself it took about four years but I worked out Mm. through some diet and lifestyle moderations and looking at all the different methods and wellness tools you can use that you don't have to suffer you women don't have to suffer and I'd heard of far too many women suffering and one of those wellness tools which I learned about at the time was meditation Mm. I'd never meditated before so you went by yourself to figure out what was Mm -hmm. you were experiencing did you go see a medical doctor or health practitioner to get clues so I went to my local doctor and unfortunately here in the in the UK and I'm, I think it's quite similar in other parts of the world as well when I went and I kind of were describing at the time I didn't know it was perimenopause I was just saying I'm really really low mm-hmm. I can't stop crying all my joints ache uh, I've got real anxiety they thought I was depressed and offered me oh. antidepressants And I didn't want antidepressants. So the doctor didn't even join up the dots either. I was probably about 43 at the time. And here in the UK, the guidelines state that if you're over 45, doctors should recognise that maybe it could be menopause or perimenopause. But even then, so many doctors just don't have the training still. It's beginning to change. Mm. But particularly then, my doctor didn't know anything about it. So I didn't take the antidepressants. I didn't want them. I felt that wasn't, I just felt I didn't want to take them. Mm -hmm. So I then thought, right, I'm going to try and look at my diet, look at my lifestyle and see if I can get myself feeling better. I bought a load of books Mm -hmm. and yeah, I totally overhauled my diet. My diet wasn't terrible, 
but I knew that I could improve it. So I really went for a whole foods diet, cooking everything from scratch pretty much, adding in more mm-hmm. protein, which I learned was really, really important so that you could I could avoid blood sugar spikes because during perimenopause mm. and menopause, if you can keep your ba- blood sugar balanced, it really helps with your symptoms. So that was probably the first thing I did. I also there changed- any foods that you removed from your diet? I stopped eating meat because another one of my symptoms actually was really terrible digestive problems. Mm. I was getting terrible bloating and felt very uncomfortable. And I wanted as a family for us to eat less meat anyway. For me, I just like to see how that might affect how I felt. So I stopped eating meat and it had a really amazing effect for me. It really, really helped. So I'm not saying that that everybody has to do that, but for me, that was a very positive move. Mm -hmm. Uh, I added in lots more green leafy vegetables, Mm -hmm. lots more fruit and vegetables, really, overall. I then also changed up my exercise. So I stopped running so much, gave my poor joints a bit of a holiday, Mm -hmm. and I started learning that doing more resistance and weight training really helps Mm -hmm. your bone health, your Mm -hmm. muscle health. So that made me feel better as well. But I felt like I needed to do more for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you three... said that you were feeling yes. anxiety. Exactly. And having three children is and working as a teacher and all, you know, family life, all of that is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I look back and I cannot believe that I didn't really have any better tools to manage all of that. Right. And I wished I had because I probably would have been much nicer and a much calmer person. You were on survival. I was so in survival mode. I was yeah. the epitome of in flight, fright, flight and, oh my goodness, flight, <laughs> fight and freeze mode. So I started to introduce meditation and all I started with was I got the Headspace app, Mm -hmm. which I got on my phone and I just started by doing their daily meditation. And I just loved those 10 minutes every day, which I Mm. I just did 10 minutes and that was how I started. And I just really felt the benefits more than anything. It was just having that time out Mm-hmm. to myself mm-hmm. to start noticing my thoughts mm-hmm. I think that was it and noticing how I was talking to myself and noticing mm. that I just was not stopping ever mm. so it really was that nudge to to say right you've got to just slow down calm down and take control of what is going on in my mind then it and it really was such a game changer yeah Like we let it run wild, right? We let our mind just talk about whatever it wants to talk about and then go whichever direction. And you're just being dragged by it all day long. And it's exhausting. Yeah, it is so exhausting. And I have found that through meditation, I have become such a better parent. I am so much calmer. I think before I speak. I don't fly off the handle like I used to. It's just such a good tool to just take a pause before you react. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's amazing that all those years that we were on the survival mode, living life, not knowing there's other way to live. And one day we something happens and we have to reevaluate everything and 
that's when you find out, oh my goodness, I was under so much stress or pressure. I was in a similar situation. I was under so much stress for years and years, and I never realized that I was because、mm. it was so normal. Little by little, like human beings get adjusted to it, right? And that's a good coping mechanism. But at the same time, it's kind of risky because if we get so used to a certain state of being, then we don't even realize what's happening. It's so true. It's ridiculous that we just don't learn this stuff at school. If everyone got、yeah. to learn meditation at school, imagine. What the world would be like, yeah. But I, you know, for me, meditation has been just such an important tool. Not just only to keep myself calm, but I've also learned that when your hormones are out of whack,、mm. well, when you're, it's just good for your hormones generally, even if you're perimenopausal or not perimenopausal, because. We know that when we're in a stress state, we're producing cortisol, we're producing、mm-hmm. adrenaline, and all of these hormones are being produced from your adrenal glands. Yes, and when, particularly when you're perimenopausal and then going to be menopausal, your primary source of estrogen is your ovaries. But when your ovaries aren't functioning as they used to, that means that your estrogen. Levels are going to drop because your ovaries aren't producing your estrogen. So, your body is relying on a very small source of estrogen, which is being produced from your adrenal glands.、Mm-hmm. But if your adrenal glands are busy pumping out、oh, yeah. loads and loads of cortisol and adrenaline, and you're in that fight or flight mode, you can't produce the estrogen that you that you need. So、mm-hmm. you become even more depleted. And so it's because obviously the body always favors survival, and it's always going to yes, favor that cortisol. Yes, you know what? When I was under so much stress, that was my pre-meditation days. And when my health went down, I think my adrenal glands were just so fatigued, overused, and there was like three months I missed my period,、mm-hmm. and I was in my late thirties. Yeah, that's that would have been stress, absolutely. Yeah, and then that caught my attention because、mm-hmm. this is n- not good, right? My body、yeah. is choosing to survive over reproduce.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's another reason why meditation is so brilliant because it's such a good tool to just put our body into that relaxation state, and、mm. it's a tool now that I use for the women I I work with. I did a, a teacher training as well in mindfulness and meditation. I think primarily I did that to try and really deepen my own practice and learn more、mm-hmm. about it. But I really love it, and yes, I really recommend other women to meditate, and I really try and help them put a meditation practice somehow into their very busy lives. Because、yeah. actually, what I've found that you don't have to meditate for hours on end. I now do a generally do about a twenty minute meditation every day,、mm-hmm. but even a few minutes is better than no minutes, isn't it?、Oh, yeah, definitely. And I would also add, consistency is where the magic is. Rather than just doing like twenty minutes once a week, doing、yeah. it five minutes every single day in a row, that cumulative effects are amazing,、mm-hmm. and it's everlasting. It's not like you would lose what you put your time for, and 
it fascinates me how the benefits work out in your life. Once I start seeing the benefits in my own life, I just wanted to find out how far this can go. Like, how much more goodness can meditation do for me? Yes. Because now I must admit, from, from just going using it as a resource to put myself into a calm state, to make、mm-hmm. myself feel better, to reduce anxiety, to manage. I've got three teenagers. <laughs> so, to manage any sort of、um, feelings which I have towards them when things are, you know, they're really pushing the boundaries.、Mm-hmm. What I'm moving on to now is I understand more how meditation. Is so important to get yourself into a real state of being open、yeah. to sort of receiving what the universe has to give to you. So, on a much more kind of yeah, spiritual level, I'm now using it and I now really love it for that, that part of it.、Mm. Can you elaborate on that, the spiritual aspect? So, let's say for somebody who would say that they are not spiritual, like it might sound like a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. Because meditation was a little bit out there for me when I first heard about it. I did not really identify myself as part of the spiritual community. And I was in more of a like working in corporate setting, and everything was kind of black and white. <laughs> well, very similar to me. I really wasn't particularly spiritual at all. And In the last, particularly the last year or so, I have had some experiences where, and I, where things, I don't know, things have happened which make me more and more spiritual. So I find that, I tell you what was a real changer for me was、um, I read the book by Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza,、mm-hmm. and I listened to some of his meditations. And when、mm-hmm. you go into do one, some of his meditations, you go into a different place. Yeah. And your body feels totally different, and you、yeah. feel totally different, and you do almost achieve a sort of state of bliss, I find. Yeah. And after I did those meditations, and I'd come out of those meditations, things would begin to happen.、Mm-hmm. Things, I felt like I really was, the, the, you know, the universe, as we call it, was kind of beginning to work for me in a better way, in a way that I wanted it to. And I noticed, and what I've learned, Is that by feeling good and、mm-hmm. meditation helps you to feel good, and by feeling aligned with everything around us, we can just receive what is there for us. That does all sound a little bit woo and a bit out there, I know, <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. And one example so, one example, so I bought、um, eight months ago some oracle cards, and I've、mm-hmm. never been into oracle cards at all, but I, for something, I had a nudge and I bought some. And they're really gorgeous cards. They're、um, by someone called Rebecca Campbell. They've got beautiful pictures on them. And they've just got beautiful messages on them. And I st- <laughs> so when, when I was doing a show, you just spend some meditation. Often at the end of the meditation, he would say, Ask if you want to see if you have contacted the divine or contacted source, ask for a sign so that you, if you receive a sign, you'll be willing to and wanting to do this meditation again.、Mm. And、uh, quite often, I would go to my oracle cards after my meditation when I felt like I had gone to a different place. And I'd pick one of these oracle cards.、Mm-hmm. And I used to pick the same oracle card 
every single time. And oh, wow. the Oracle card which I used to pick was always the card which said, you have made contact with the divine. I'm not joking. It was just like, <laughs> like what? Like, no way. And I was like, well, gosh, that must be my sign. It was honestly, it was just totally weird and nuts. And I really couldn't get my head around it. But it kept happening. It still keeps happening. And that makes me really think, my goodness, there is something so much bigger than us. And I really, truly believe in it. And it's always, and I feel it. I feel it when I do these meditations. Mm -hmm. So that really spurs me on to keep going. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm exploring it myself. I don't know where it's going, but it's exciting. And and I'm not prepared to stop doing it. I totally hear you. And I'm a huge fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza as well. Reading his book, Becoming Supernatural, has really got me into meditation. It demystified all of that woo-woo-ness out of meditation. I like him because he does have the science backing behind it, which does give it that yes, that weight that sometimes we, we're really wanting, that evidence that it is working. Yes. Which book did you read? Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Oh, that's a great book too. Mm. And there's a meditation in that book, which he recommends, which is quite a long one. But I did that consistently for about, I did that last year for about a month, every day for a month. Mm -hmm. I used to get up ridiculously early and do that meditation. Mm -hmm. And when I look back now, yeah, things were really happening for me. But then I stopped. And this is the thing with meditation. You... It's about getting a momentum going, as you said before, it's the habit. And I stopped because I got really super busy and that particular meditation I just couldn't find the time for. And I think I started doing much shorter ones. But now actually I do another Joe Dispenza meditation, but it's only 20, it's about 23 minutes. So I do that most mornings. But I don't beat myself up if I don't do it. Mm. But I try and do it most mornings. Yeah, then because that would defeat the purpose, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm so stressed because I, I couldn't get to my meditation today. <laughs> exactly. And some mornings it just, the morning gets away with me and I'm like, my goodness, I haven't done it. But what I'll do then instead is I'll do a very short, I'll do like a five minute, I'll mm-hmm. sit down and I'll just do a five minute. I won't do nothing. So, yeah. um, and I'll just say, right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll go back to it tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, just like brushing teeth. No matter mm-hmm. how busy we are, we still do brush our teeth, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's powerful. Like when you combine it with the hormonal health and not just for the perimenopause period, but all throughout your life, our hormones are working mm-hmm. for us. It's supposed to be working for us if all things are good, but oftentimes it's working against us. Absolutely. And it affects so many parts of our body. So digestion's another big part because yeah. when we're stressed, when unable, the body can only do one thing at a time. When we're stressed, our body doesn't want, it doesn't feel the need to receive a necessity in digesting food. So we can't digest our food. So when we're constantly stressed and we're eating, mm-hmm. that is why we get irritable bowel syndrome or bloating. And so being able to stop and put your body into that parasympathetic mm. nervous state enables us then to digest our food. And so that's why eating mindfully and slowing down is so, so important. Okay. Can you like describe mindfulness eating? Well, firstly, 
It's about really sitting down in a really lovely environment, preferably at a table, Mm. making that meal, even if it's just you on your own, making that meal a really lovely occasion, away ideally from a screen or any distractions and Mm. just sitting there with whatever it is you're eating and being firstly being really thankful for it is a really great way way to start Mm -hmm. I mean I try that this with my family I've got three children three teenagers and I promise you they are the fastest eaters I have ever met (laughs) in my entire life so I challenge them I'm like right let's see if we can make this meal last at least 10 minutes because I just like (laughs) gobble 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 but we do try so I really do try this so we always sit down at the table but we always you know I always kind of try and draw attention to you know let's thank be thankful that we have this food Mm -hmm. and then it's about really using the senses Mm. in terms of being mindful so smelling the food that gets your mouth watering it gets you your body ready for Mm -hmm. eating it's about really when you eat that food tasting it and Mm. not just swallowing it whole like my children do but actually (laughs) like properly chewing the food on average I think we chew our food about three times where we really Mm. should be looking to chew it about at least 10 times which is Mm -hmm. actually quite a lot of chews to really help your body break it down into smaller pieces which is going to really help your body actually digest that food so just really chewing it tasting it and then pausing before Mm -hmm. we go straight in to the next bite Mm. so it's just about taking your time and really making the meal a bit of a ceremony rather than a really quick fast thing which we do on the fly yeah I'm guilty of that too if it's just myself then I might be eating as I cook, standing up in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all do it. We all do it, don't we? We all just, um, I, I know that when I'm on my own, I have to be really mindful of eating mindfully, you know. It, yeah. Otherwise, I just kind of grab something and I don't really think about it. But actually, it's so good to have a little break out of your busy day to just sit down and eat something slowly and, and try and enjoy it. yeah. And I'm thinking more and more what you eat, the type of food that you eat, yes, has impact on your digestive system, but your mindset has probably more impact on how your body can digest the food that you're putting in. Because there was like about a year and two when my diet was pristine. I ate no gluten. I had no sugar. I ate everything organic. Yet... I was still not feeling healthy. Mm. I was not physically well. And I just, I was wondering why. But at the same time, the same time when I was eating all the healthy food in order to become healthy, my mentality was, I'm not healthy. My mind was telling me like, I'm not healthy. That's why I am doing this. I need to be healthy. So I need to be healthy means I am not healthy right now. Mm. And looking back, I think that mindset played a huge role. Yes. Yeah, well, it's about, it's such a big part of regulating your nervous system. You are obviously still very much in that stress state, even though you were eating well, Mm -hmm. your mindset wasn't there yet. So until you, I suppose, until you really mastered that, you weren't able to regulate Mm -hmm. your nervous system to feel better. 
Yeah. It's so powerful, isn't it? It's unbelievable. And I think good health is a kind of combination of diet, of managing your stress. So all those tools such as meditation and of moving your body. Mm-hmm. I kind of always see those three as the, as the real pillars of health mm. and and then everything else sort of plays into that because sleep obviously is really important mm-hmm. but actually sleep's a byproduct i think of kind of managing your mindset yeah, and eating well and moving your body yeah because if one of them are, is not there then the quality of the sleep will suffer mm-hmm. yeah exactly so you introduced meditation into your life and you changed your exercising program mm-hmm. less running and yeah more resistance training, mm-hmm. weight training, and also um, removing certain food that was not agreeing with you. And and then adding in lots more green leafy vegetables, mm-hmm. adding in good quality proteins, mm-hmm. such as uh, lots of pulses and beans and lentils. Mm. And what else did I do? So for me also, well, I just think it's really important to do a job, to work, do work that you really enjoy and Mm. I realized that when I was working in my tuition business that and this is kind of quite a recent thing this was during the pandemic when I realized that this just wasn't lighting me up anymore Mm. it was making me feel really heavy Mm -hmm. and every time I kind of went to do the work I just was a bit like oh gosh I I just felt dragged down by it and that really spurred me on to try and find the thing which did light me up and I mm-hmm. did feel much more aligned with. And it's been a bit of a process. It's been a few, it's taken a few years. Mm-hmm. But I, as of actually the end of this month, I am finally letting go of my tuition business for good. I'm sad to go because I, I worked really hard on it and I mm-hmm. built it up and I it was sad to see a lot of my students leave. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I do feel so much lighter and excited mm-hmm. for the next chapter of my life. And I'm really now going all in on my coaching business, which is really, really exciting, quite yeah. terrifying at the same time, because it now means my safety blanket of having my tuition business is going. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing something which I really, really love. And I really feel because I love it, yeah. it's going to work. Yeah, definitely. That's really inspiring. I feel that a lot of people are in certain jobs just because they have been, you know, and sometimes it's just out of routine that people go to the same place and do the same thing over and over again. But I think many people would feel like there's got to be more to life than this. But sometimes we don't know what step to take. Yeah, exactly. but it can your... be really scary. It can be really, really scary. Yeah. Because it's let it's letting go of that kind of need. Well, you need to have that security mm-hmm. to know that you've got money coming through the, through every month. Mm-hmm. And so letting go of that does take a lot of courage. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like seeing yourself in a different role, right? Like mm-hmm. you saw yourself as a teacher to kids for many years and... That was your self-identity, yes. career-wise. Mm-hmm. And from there to a life coach, life and health coach, and being self-employed, that's quite a jump too. So I feel like your nervous system has to take some time to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Totally. But I'm, I do feel very ready for it now. Yeah. And I feel that it's like when you say yes to something, you have to let, you have to say no to something else. You have That's to let true. something go. And I think for me, until I had really allowed myself to let go of what I've done before, mm-hmm. it's been very difficult to really step into this role of a, yeah. as a, as the health coach. Yeah. So for me, I really feel it has, it's taken a while to get there. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't obviously do it all. It's just impossible. So I think by doing it gradually has allowed my nervous system to get used to the idea. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very much ready for it. Yeah. I have got a little bit of anxiety about it because obviously it's like, right, now I've got to do it mm-hmm. and make it work. But I'm excited. Yeah. Anything unknown that you've never done is both exciting and frightening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I'm so excited for you. Oh, thank you. So, if anybody wanted to work with you, do they need to be in perimenopausal age group or? Well, they don't necessarily have to be because I am a certified health and life coach and I can coach anybody, but I generally okay. do work with women and but who really want to who feel like things are just a bit off and not and not feeling themselves mm-hmm. and I really help them instill healthy habits into their day-to-day lives so that it feels easy so whether that is eating in a way which they want which is going to make them feel better whether that is moving their body mm-hmm. whether that is meditating every day what we all need sometimes is someone to really believe in us to hold us accountable to help show us the way of how to instill these new healthy habits into their life but in terms of perimenopause, yeah, I've got a wealth of knowledge now. I've done, I've read so many books. I've done mm-hmm. courses. I can really help navigate some of those hormonal changes. I also know a little bit about hormone therapy, um, which I can advise on. I'm obviously not a doctor, but I, I know I can kind of signpost to the right places. And I work one-to-one with clients, so I can work one-to-one or... I will soon hopefully be relaunching a group program which I've run before which will be mm-hmm. obviously um, include a bit of com- a level of community which I think is always really nice yeah definitely so anybody can reach out to you is your program online or in person my program is will it all be online yes okay. so anybody from anywhere in the world can join that's amazing so yes. so yes if anybody would like to get in touch with me they can i'm often on instagram so my handles uh, at polly warren coaching or they can have a look at my website which is pollywarren.com i will include all the information on the show notes and thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom Oh, it's been really lovely to chat to you. And I think what you're doing is wonderful because you have the more people who can meditate and be mindful, the happier I think this world will be. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yes, the more people meditate, the better this world will be. Here are the takeaways. Number one, perimenopause is the transitional time around menopause and some women experience severe physical and psychological symptoms. Number two, meditation can help balance your hormone levels by lowering stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol. Number three, benefits of meditation are multidimensional. What you experience through meditation can be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. Stay open to all types of magic. Number four, 
When it comes to meditation, consistency is more important than the length of each session. Maybe your schedule doesn't allow you to spend 20 minutes every day. Then do 5 minutes each day instead. Number 5. When we are in a fight or flight state, our body cannot digest food well. Try eating your next meal mindfully by enjoying it with all your senses and away from a screen or distraction. Number 6. Good health is a combination of having a good diet, managing stress, and moving your body. Everything else falls under these three pillars. Number 7. Is what you do for work in alignment with who you are? If the answer is no, you might want to take a step back and find out what does light you up instead. Number 8. When you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. Letting go of something familiar might be scary, but know that is okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about Polly, you can visit her Instagram at pollywarrencoaching or her website pollywarren.com. She also has a podcast called The Positive Premenopause Podcast. If you think you might be going through perimenopause or if you know someone who is, I encourage you to reach out to Polly. She would be the perfect guide as you navigate through this phase of your life. By the way, do you journal? Journaling is a practice where you can take a moment, connect with yourself, and write down anything in your mind onto a piece of paper. I know it sounds so simple, but it has so many amazing benefits. It reduces stress and anxiety. It helps you with problem solving. It improves your mood and enhances your creativity. After experiencing so many benefits of journaling myself, I recently published a journal with my photography and writing. If you already have gotten this journal, thank you so much. And if you haven't, go check out the Amazon link on the show notes. And you can take a peek at the inside of the journal there. And as usual, if you have any questions or requests for future episodes, please DM me on my Instagram at masakozawa underscore photography. You can also join my private Facebook group called Why Not Meditate. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?